0: Your presence is awesome. King Jesus, you're welcome in this house. Help me, Jesus. Amen. Good prayer, isn't it? Help me, Jesus. Gets to the point. I just really want to cement something this morning. Ah, that's a good one. And remember? Yellow cement mixer. It's all right. She had a prophetic word for me. She saw me as a yellow cement mixer. (laughs) I've worked it out. It's all right. That's really what I... uh, Just that cementing of... of, um, You've probably heard much of this before if you've been in KLC for a while, but, you know, we, we, we need to make sure our roots are firm and our foundation is strong so that King Jesus can build on it. And hopefully we'll have a bit of fun as well in the process. you ready to have your heart expanded. Good, good, good. Okay, um, could, do you want to just put the first slide up, Andy? And then, uh, I'm going to just start with <coughs> the great commandment, as it, we've called it. If you look in most Bibles, it'll be headed the great commandment. Jesus called it, well, the two of them, the first and the second, the, the greatest commandments. This is, uh, this is it. Jesus answered him. This is, Mark was, uh, in Mark it's recorded, he was talking to somebody. So he answered this person and he said, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor, American version, as yourself, there is no other commandment greater than these. Let me summarize. The first commandment is that we love God with everything we are and everything that we have. Whatever makes you up, body, soul, mind, spirit, if you want to split it that way, Wherever we are, we're to love God first and foremost. Give him first priority in everything. When we find out who God is, in Christ, we find out who we are. I believe that is a key aspect if I can sort of turn it around a bit, because our focus is on on God. I mean, that's what we've done this morning in our worship. We've been worshipping Jesus. We've been giving him our all. And yet, we find that when we do that, we understand who we are. I understand who I am because I find out in Christ who I am. We find out who God is and we find that, that reflection of who we are. And when I find out who I am, then I can love myself. Because in Christ I'm loved. I can love myself. You know, this is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. If you, I mean, we can ask ourselves a question. Do I love myself? Think of your friends and your work colleagues and your neighbors and, and, and and the like and and ask, ask the question how many would you say love themselves how many of them have a lifestyle or make choices that actually indicates that they're still looking for themselves I don't know what percentage it is but it's pretty high because When we find God and when we understand ourselves, we can love ourselves. And I want to encourage you this morning, continue the journey because, you know, it's always a journey. We never sort of arrive. Learn to love yourself. But do it not through some sort of internal process. That's okay, but, you know, how many particularly, I mean it's not so bad in the UK but in other countries, how many people go to to their private counsellors because they don't know who they are and they're on this desperate search to find out who they are? I believe the answer is in the first and the greatest commandment. And it's in loving God with all that we are, we find ourselves. And you know the second one there? Jesus said, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The problem there is you have to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. (laughs) I don't need to say any more, do I really? The love of God and understanding who I am in Christ is transforming And it transforms our lifestyles, our choices, our speaking, what we speak over ourselves, what we speak about over other people, and, and our thinking, and, and it affects our health and our well-being. I say it again, it's just a huge deal. It's fundamental. It's foundational to so many things that flow out in our lives, or don't flow out in our lives, as the case may be. I really want to encourage you, pursue God. The first part of our strap line, our mission statement as a church, is pursuing God which is what we've done this morning. We've been after him this morning in the nicest possible way because he transforms lives, which is the second part of our, our mission statement. This is what we what's called in, in many Bibles the Great Commission. So we've had the Great Commandment, now we have the Great Commission. This was... Jesus speaking to his disciples shortly before he he was ascended back to be with the Father, his Father. And he says this, Jesus came and spoke to his disciples saying, All authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is how we baptize, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you, always, even to the end of this age. Great words. We know them very well. I've been looking at this. I've, I'm, I've, I've been reading one or two books. Um, One's written by Tom Wright, uh, N.T. Wright, as he's known. But he's he was the ex-bishop of Durham. He's now an academic in St. Andrews. Fantastic, practical theologian. Um, he 's written ex- extensively of, since, he's, <laughs> since he 's stopped being a bishop actually he 's probably had time to do it um, and it 's just provoked some of my thinking as well. Why did Jesus say, as he does here, "All authority has been given me in heaven." <laughs> Think about that. just process that for a minute. Why did Jesus say that? Because you see, my thinking, I can only talk about myself, goes along the lines of this. Well, Jesus was in heaven with his Father. He had all, you know, he had magnificence and glory and majesty. He laid aside all of that to come to earth. He came in human form, but he was still divine. Yeah? Everybody knows this. Yeah? My thinking is then okay, so he did what he had to do, if I can be. Simple about it. He did what he had to do and he went back to heaven. So why did Jesus say all authority has been given me in heaven? Surely it's like a (laughs) no-brainer. Because, you know, he went back to where he was so he got authority again. But Jesus said all authority has been given me in heaven. I think the answer is this, that... It's interesting because it's the, what Martin shared, was it last week or two weeks ago? At the cross. Last week, thank you. You see, it, this is still a mystery, and it will always be a mystery, that God came, Jesus came, he was divine, but he was human. But he was born as a hopeless baby. He lived his life as a human, as a man. He did an apprenticeship like some of you are doing. And he earned he a trade. He, he practiced a trade. He suffered, like we all do, the emotions and the tensions of life, the difficulties, the ups and downs. He did it with all, without sin, as a man. He went to the cross as a man. As you'll see later, I'll put a slide up, a a scripture up later. Father put upon him sin. He became sin. He didn't just carry our sin. He became our sin. He did that as a man. Because he was as reliant on God's presence and on the Holy Spirit filling him. He was as much reliant on that as I am in life. See, his divinity that he still carried didn't enable him to breathe through life unaffected. You, I mean, you see that. When he saw Lazarus, he wept. He, he, knew, he knew internal strife and compassion and, and all of that that we, that we know. He did it as a man. So that when he went back to heaven in a glorified body, he went as what? A man. He had a glorified body, but he went as a man. And as a man, he said, all authority has been given me in heaven. It's amazing. Because he was the first to go. He was the first fruit, if you like. And we're following on. it actually perfectly resonates with what Jesus modelled us to pray. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will is done in heaven. He has all authority in heaven. We are praying that his will will come on earth as it is in heaven. Now the other interesting thing in that then is what he then says, all authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. (laughs) It's sort of game, set, and match all over. That's it. Because if he has authority in heaven and he has authority on earth, that's the bridge. That's the, that's the linking between King Jesus in heaven and King Jesus on earth, which is his body, which I'll come on to. In fact, I'll probably come there now. See, that's the reason... Why he could then say, next phrase, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. If you look at the Greek, and I haven't, I've just read it, You know, if you look at the Greek construction, what it really is saying is, as you are going, make disciples of all nations. It's not like you suddenly have to go. It's like, as we're going, we're going, I'm doing life, I'm working, I'm living in a family, I'm, You know, as we all are, in some shape or form. We're going. As we go, we make disciples of all nations. You know, this this is extraordinary. How do we, how do I, disciple a nation? Well, we transform lives, which is perceiving God, transforming lives. We have our lives transformed, we can transform lives. Fantastic little case study this morning. Thank you, Dave and Sue, for sharing what you did. I didn't know you were going to say that. It's <clears throat> part of Dave and Sue part of a big organisation, big resources, you know, that enable it to happen. But Chad is being transformed as a nation. There's discipling going on in Chad because people went. About their about their lives. I mean, David and Sue, in the sense of you know full time in, in, in the mission sense, but in that another sense, we all are. You understand what I'm saying? They're devoting their time wholly to these sort of things. I'm devoting a lot of my time to work, but that's it's fine. But we can transform nations, and we we need to develop a mindset that says we can transform this nation and other nations. Yeah, often it's one, it's one life at a time. But it's like The Tipping Point again, isn't it? Brian referred to. Uh, and there's a book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. If everyone to read it, very interesting. It's not Christian, but it's just how at certain points certain things have tipped and it's just got this huge thing that happened as a result. Let me go on to, uh, next slide, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you want to follow it in your Bibles, you can, i have put it up, make, I'm just too good for you, make it too easy. <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, behold, all things are new. Stop. Right. <clears throat> Number one, you are a new creation. You've not been remodeled or refurbished. Okay? It's it's not it's not uh, you know, you've you've not been redecorated. How can I put it? I'm trying to find the right phraseology here. New is new. When you came to Christ and you handed over your life to Christ, you became new. New is new. Right? I think I'll press that one. <laughs> Now all things are of God, and who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ Jesus, and has given us the mystery—sorry, uh, the ministry of reconciliation—that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Well, hang on a minute. Our, our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation, of creation back to God. Now, in my mind, in my phrase book, all of creation includes all nations and my dog and the plants I grow in my garden. That's all creation. So actually, you can even extend it beyond all nations and you can say, well, what about the plants in my back garden? What about the Amazonian rainforest? What, you know, you can name your own. <laughs> this is kind of, this is, this is big. So, let me read that again. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of Reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Anybody ever been an ambassador and sort of, you know, the British ambassador in Rome? What does the... what, hap, what, what an ambassador? Have you, I don't know if you've ever... Anybody ever been into a, um, an embassy? I haven't, but I just want an interesting question. Three, three four people. Okay. Okay. Um, did you know that an embassy is actually um, property of the country from which you, you are sent? <clears throat> so our embassy, I don't probably isn't an embassy in Chad, is there, is there an embassy now? Probably a consulate or something. Are they? That's interesting. Yeah, that would be true as well, yeah. Warships are also the property of the country they're sent from. Paul uses the word ambassador. It's actually an understood Greek term because I had ambassadors. So you and I are ambassadors of the kingdom. That means that wherever I go, I'm carrying the presence of the Queen of England and Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland. Uh, Probably a bit more than that, but I'm not sure I I know my constitutional history at this point. It does. It does Great Britain and uh, Northern Ireland, I think it says. So, if I'm an ambassador, I'm carrying with me the presence of the King of Kings. And that's the point. When Paul says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though through God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. That's our ministry of reconciliation. And then he says this, For we made him who knew no sin, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. I've just, I said that earlier. Okay? As a man, God God put upon Jesus all sin. How about the next bit? That he might, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You feeling righteous? Don't matter whether you feel it or not, we are. But see, I think I've heard it said this. Paul managed to find the language of what he experienced in Christ, and he managed to write it down. The revelation of Christ that he had, he was able to form into a language. Thank God for that. That that was the heritage that he passed on to us. That's what I'm trying to work through this morning. Okay, so, got that. Let's move on a little. I've got loads of scriptures. I make no apology for that. Paul again in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing on earth. it actually doesn't say that does it and that that's the sort of the problem <laughs> you see if we don't live from heaven to earth we're losing that blessing he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ that's because jesus is seated with all authority in heaven and we exercise that authority on earth because we're his ambassadors. We carry with us his presence. We are administering the grace of God. Mm. How about this? This, this? Some of this is just—you need to let your mind go, uh, your heart go where your mind doesn't yet proceed. Just let it follow along a little bit A little bit later. Let your heart go with this first. And this is verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Okay. Let you, just let your mind go because your heart will struggle. Uh, sorry, the other way around. Let your heart go. Your mind will struggle. My, my mind struggles with this. I can't comprehend it, but it's true. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead as a man and seated him, passed him through the heavens and seated him at the Father's right hand is the same power that is accessible to us. Just let your heart go with it. And where did it say? It says again, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come, which is when Jesus returns. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Which is what? The next bit. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Wow. Do you know that you carry the fullness of King Jesus? The fullness of King Jesus. <laughs> the fullness of King Jesus. And we collectively, this is how church works, this is, how, this is what the body of Christ is, we individually carry the fullness of Christ And we come together and we are one body that reconciles the world to Christ because we bring our fullnesses together. That's why church is so important because the collective weight of that fullness is far greater than the individual. So when church prays together, when we make a symphony together, to go back to an earlier preach, when we do that, the weight that we carry is far greater. Just say to yourself, "I carry the fullness of King Jesus in me." Say it to the person next to you, "You carry the fullness of." <coughs> Ephesians two. I'm nearly done. This is Paul. I'm just going. To, I'm really doing a Bible study this morning. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, there is again. See, we have to get that right first. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ, and raised us up together, and seated us where? That in the ages to come, and this is the purpose. The purpose of us being seated in heavenly places is that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In other words, we are on display. Um, Let me just summarise. I've got one other scripture afterwards and and I'll I'll be done. How do we disciple nations? Well, in a sense we're on that. We're on that process. We find out and we see who God is. We pursue him. We we shift our perspective to see and live life, if you like, from a top-down viewpoint from heaven to earth. We, we, it, this is why it needs a transformed mind. It's why what Paul said about having a transformed mind, a transformed way of thinking—not bottom up, but top down. We we need to we need to in, um, develop individually and together um, a, a, a mindset, a paradigm, if you like, a mindset that looks at what we do on Earth from Heaven's viewpoint. And understanding that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. So we're exercising what is already in place. We need wisdom to do that. We need more wisdom to do that than we did ten years ago. We need to abide in his presence so richly that we bring heavenly influence on every earthly realm. That's, I believe, how we transform nations. I think I'll finish. I don't need to go to the last bit. I wonder if you could... Um, Andy, can you cue up that song, or Adam, An- o Adam? Um, I just thought it's five minutes and then I'll be done But uh, well I'm done now I, just, I thought it would be good to you know I, we really need to let, let this these sort of things sink in our hearts not primarily in our minds that's actually heaven's perspective as well it's our hearts that are affected we receive Jesus in our hearts first and there's a song um, that I've heard recently. It's, it's just a worship song, but I thought be, just that we might worship. You know, we, we can soak, we can we can worship, we can do what, whatever's appropriate. But let's let's just allow Holy Spirit to to have an effect in our hearts. Holy Spirit, please, will you come? Will you will you do a work in our hearts that we are not only filled up with you? but that we overflow you and we leak you wherever we go and that we, we have the, um, the equipping to transform this nation and other nations of the world. In Jesus' name.